Hello and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson, and this is that nerd dad podcast. I've got a guest today. His name is Douglas Connors. You may recall Douglas from, uh, I think two or three weeks ago. He was on to talk about gay stuff and surprise. He's back to talk more gay stuff. We have a fun conversation about the LGBTQ community, straight pride, gay pride. And then we do a fun word association game. You're going to like this one. Um, full disclosure, his computer restarted in the middle of the inter in interview. So about, uh, oh, 20 minutes in. Like, it's like 20 minutes in. All of a sudden, there's going to be a really awkward cut. <laughs> Outside of that, it's a normal interview. Douglas, thank you for your time. This is That Nerd Dad Podcast. He's back. <laughs> He's back. Came back. I didn't Can I offend him. Down? <laughs> Douglas is back. Thank you for coming back, my friend. Oh, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's uh, I, I, I'm, I'm so glad I was invited back so quickly. Thank you. It's okay. quite an honor. Uh, last time you were here, we talked gay stuff for gay pride. Yes, we did. And um, after the conversation, kind of after the recording ended, you and I continued a conversation. Yes. Um, and I, it kind of stuck with me. And I was like, I'm going to have him back to talk about that. But before we get into what I want to do, which is basically a word association game with you, um, I think I think we have to address okay. uh, straight pride. Um, God. Pierre Polyev and Daniel Smith at the rodeo. Yeehaw. Thank mm -hmm. a straight person for your existence. Straight pride. Um, look, I know you've talked a lot about, uh, about it a lot on your show. Um, mm -hmm. As someone who, I will use your free terminology, as a rainbow person. Mm -hmm. I'm sure your opinion has been asked a lot on this. It has. And I've also not been shy of offering it without being solicited. <laughs> so, so let's hear it. Straight pride. Um, just. I, it, it seems so obvious, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, every, every teen romance movie. Every time somebody has a baby bump, every time somebody shows off the engagement ring, every time I see people kissing in front of the movie theater or kissing at the public pool or kissing on a, a park bench or kissing on the street or the, the default option that every rom-com is going to be about a heterosexual couple. And when it's not, it's like big news. Yeah. When, and then somebody that comes and protests it, and it, you know, it, it, it's. Um, <sighs> you seem exhausted by it. It is. It is because it's. It, part of it is like you. You have to say something because if you leave it unaddressed, you leave all the space, right? And it's not for us, and it's not even for the person we're talking to because a lot of these people don't even believe this stuff. There's a lot of people, if it's, it's online, there's a lot of people that are paid to do this mm -hmm. stuff, whether they believe it or not. Uh, then there are the people that are misguided and do believe this. But it's like, it's 2023. Like, come on, right? I mean, 
first of all, you don't need to be straight to make a kid. Uh, Ooh, there's in vitro. A lot of other um, no, number two, um, all those gay people back before we had laws that got married and stayed in the closet and had kids. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you get the whole thing. Oh, well, you know, it's a straight pride t-shirt like this. So does that mean that a pride t-shirt is like heterosexist? And it's like, okay, well, um, um, who are heterosexuals going to thank for their existence? Probably the same people this guy expects gay people to thank for their existence. Like, this one doesn't work as a two-way street. I and the- I mean, the, the 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 if you've taken philosophy one hundred and one, which he hasn't, right? But just how to argue, yeah. how to argue, right? Like, you have big ears. Elephants have big ears. You must be an elephant. Well, clearly I'm not an elephant. No, no, you're an elephant. You're an elephant. You have one thing in common with an elephant, so you're exactly the same. It's like, they're so obviously stupid. And and you have to understand that I might have an advantage, right? Back in high school, I was on the national debating team. Okay. I know about all the... False equivalency, ad hominem attacks, appeal to emotion. I guess because we use these tricks in debate when we don't have a case, when you can't make a case on the merits. That's what we use. Um, so like, I can spot them. You, you can give me any subject, like this, and I can argue it from both sides with equal passion, even something I don't believe in it at all. I can argue a case, an anti-LGBT rights case, if I wanted to and not believe a word of it, and convince you that I believe it. It's a skill, because when you debate, you got to do both sides. what lawyers do all the time. Right. So, I mean, it's it's just so obviously dumb, and it's just such an obvious waste of time, but it's because it's everywhere. It's literally everywhere, and if you don't respond to the message, right, you just leave a vacuum. And there might be a 15, 16-year-old kid, 14-year-old kid, 13-year-old kid that sees that, and they need to see Someone standing up for them. And that's why I respond. Because it's not for the person. I know I'm not going to educate them. They're not interested. Right? You can lead a horse to college, but you can't make it think. It's the representation. It's the... It's the representation. Visibility at all costs. Yep. Um, this idiot went out of his way to have this shirt made, and I'll bet you he's selling them now. Like, so... I have a theory that maybe after seeing that lo- that second video where he denounces Pierre and Danielle because they gave that lame ass excuse. Okay, so that was my next question, which is, right? where do you land on politicians should know better? Or I didn't know what he was wearing. Like, should a politician be aware of that? I land on the side. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. Okay. You have a team. Right, the the Pierre Polliver thing. There's there was a, a picture that's the short one, but there's one that has a wider exposure because then you see the security person like blocking someone in, and you see that there are the, the bales of hay that are there are not just de- decor, but it ended up being a segregated space that they had to let someone into. So all the people that let him into there didn't read the T-shirt, and the T-shirt was like bright and green, so it was like really blendy inny. And then uh, the back, of the, I mean, the front of the shirt was, you know, the back of the shirt did say good people disobey bad laws or something. Yeah, something to that effect. Um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, there's two messages there. Uh, and then um, Pierre didn't read the t-shirt and Anna didn't read the t-shirt. And the guy who's taking the picture, who's like looking right at the damn t-shirt, didn't see the t-shirt. Hey, uh, Pierre, and this, this might be problematic for you in the future. Because <laughs> what would he say? If the, if the cameraman said, Pierre, look at his shirt. Pierre's going to go, it's a shirt. He's a good old Canadian boy. Thank you for your vote. And that'll be the end of it. And that's what he always does, right? I mean, he didn't know the Diagalon guy was the Diagalon guy, even though he had like, what, 31 charges against him and got tons of free press for it. And they've got a media monitoring team that actually looks all at all that and says, hey, this guy that says that he likes you, he's been charged 31 times. Maybe you shouldn't take that meeting. But they'll stop Karima from getting into his events. So this guy skates, but someone like Karima would be flagged immediately. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm just like, it's like you read the t-shirt. You were okay with the message. And here's the thing, right? Is that the media let them skate, right? They do this because they know all they need to do is run to the mic and do the lip service standard. Oh, I, Oh, I didn't read the t-shirt. And you know that I always sell, I always support the LGBTQ community. Pierre said that. Pierre also said around mid-June that he would let us all know what he would do to celebrate Pride because he really does believe that we should all live in freedom. And the only two things I saw him do was circulate pamphlets in the Portage Lisger by-election saying that Max Bernier was an awful person because he once participated in Pride when he was a member of the Conservative Party of Canada. And that picture with straight Pride guy. So if that's what he did to celebrate Pride, and he never actually did get back to us to tell us what his plans were and what were, were July 18th now and Pride Month finished when. Uh, so I'm guessing he just decided he wasn't going to get around to that. But it's this repeatedly going to the mic and saying what you need to say just to get through the next nanosecond because you know a journalist is not going to ask you the painfully obvious follow-up question and they're not going to come back to it next day. So he just stood there and says, I didn't read the t-shirt and everybody bought that. And I always support gay rights and everybody bought that, even though there's proof to the contrary. I mean, he's got two people on his benches right now that support conversion therapy. He just campaigned for one. The guy in Portage Lisger campaigned on conversion therapy and he went there to campaign for him. So, I mean, it's like, there's what you say and there's what you do. And like, I see you and I see what you do. And then, of course, nobody asks them, oh, well, you know, of course I don't support the, the, the message on that shirt. Well, what, what was the message on the shirt? And what does it mean to you? And what is it about it specifically that you don't support to see whether or not they can defend it? Oh, that, that would be good journalism. <laughs> we don't do that these the days. The painfully obvious follow-up question that never gets asked, the ones that we're all screaming at our TVs and our screens when we're seeing the press conferences. Oh, let's just move on. How about we don't? Yeah. How about this time we don't move on? How about this time we go back and say, uh, you know, guy in the green shirt just said that, yeah, you did read it. So uh, who are we? Who's the one of one of you two is lying? Who? And have them either denounce him and have the shit storm, pardon my language, that may happen uh, as a result because he's already there saying, right, you can't trust Danielle and you can't trust Pierre. I thought Pierre was going to be our Trump and Danielle, well, you can't trust them. They weren't all in. They didn't take every single opportunity to swing that bat, to bash the gays and the trans people as hard as they possibly could. They moderated their message a little, so they're not true believers. So you got to throw them out, which makes me wonder 
if he's maybe a pot stirrer. <laughs> of course he is. He might be clever and did this on purpose and might be one of us. You never they keep on accusing Atifa of uh, infiltrating their events. I know strategically it's something I would have considered doing. Well, I know I know that if I wear that shirt and I go to the Sampede, they're going to be more than happy to take a picture of me. And then I know that's going to create controversy. And then I know they're going to say, oh, we didn't mean that. And that gives me the opportunity to go in and say, hey, moderate conservatives, you can't trust them because they're playing footsie with bigots. And hey, bigots, you can't trust them because they won't go all the way. It's something I would do. You were fired up about this topic. <laughs> it's well, and then you got these other people that are going around and saying, "Oh, well, you know, this thing about Nike and like, you know, what if it was a Nike shirt? Would we say this?" What was like? It's like, okay, let's replace the straight pride. Let's say it was white pride. Have you thanked a white person for your existence today? White pride. Would you still take that picture with that T-shirt? Would you have read the T-shirt then, Danielle or Pierre? Would you? Would you? Hmm. Follow-up question. So on the heels of this, um, I went to ChatGPT. I don't know if you saw this, but I went to ChatGPT. And I said, write me a short story where... Justin Trudeau and Pierre Polyev fall in love at the Calgary Stampede. And it produced... Woke Back Mountain? Uh, kind of. And it produced a short story. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll show the title here. It was uh, from... Oh, man. It was From Rivals to Rodeo Romance. I did the imagery. But, uh, I love love. And, and the short story it produced uh, was about Pierre and Justin at the rodeo having a couple of moments... And then kissing at the end in front of this Calgary stampede, sultry. Mm. And I, I, I read it. I, I recorded my version of it, put it up on Cryer Media, um, and I was accused of being a homophobe, which I thought was fun. Um, I was told, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. "You know where you can stick that short story of yours." And I'm like, "I think it's a funny, creative idea." Um, is putting two straight people in a homosexual relationship homophobic was i wrong on this one no okay clear Whew. free conscience <laughs> like homophobic is really a body of work eh right it, it, it's like the people that get caught in the me too movement right there's usually never just one victim right if you're a homophobe, you're going to have more than one moment. I did it to troll the peer followers. Because I knew the trust Justin followers probably wouldn't care. But the peer <laughs> followers would have a problem with this one. <laughs> oh, absolutely. 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 No, no. No, no. It's, you know, uh, mocking, laughing, pointing. Mocking, okay. laughing, pointing. Mocking, laughing, pointing. All these people have prosciutto-thin skin. Mocking, laughing, pointing. That's all they deserve. All right, let's do some word association. We're going to start with... We're going to start with on, on point here. Okay. When you see the word straight pride, what comes to mind? Jan, click goodbye. Yawn, click, goodbye. Do you block? 
Yawn, click, goodbye. All right. There are 8 billion people in the world. There's one of me. Oh, look, better people. You, you've already, this is all the time you get. Sorry. Moving on. Yawn, click, goodbye. Gay pride. Uh, why, why not? Why not? Okay. Why not? Everybody should be proud to be who they are. There's nothing wrong with straight pride. Like in the sense, you know. Oh, no, there definitely is. No, but I mean, no, I can understand someone being genuinely proud of being straight, just like I'm genuinely proud of being gay. Uh, Fine. You you want that? You want to throw a parade? Get off your butts and throw one. The thing is the intent, right? If you're doing straight pride because you think that because we get one day a year, you need to have that day too. You get a month. Yeah, we get a month throughout the world. We get one day in our cities where we live. We get one day. So if you have, you need to have all the days and that one too. And that's why you're throwing straight pride. You got a problem. If you happen to be the 0.0125% of the world who happens to be straight and just proud of it with no meaning other than like me being proud of being straight doesn't mean anything bad about you being it. And go on and have your party. Live and let live. It's a free freaking country. I mean, you're going to get pointed out, laughed at, and mocked. You're going to have to ask a lot of, answer a lot of questions. But we have to answer a lot of questions. We get pointed at, laughed, and mocked when we throw ours. I mean, I remember growing up, how many times did I keep on hearing, say, ah, oh, got another gay pride day. We're going to see another drag queen on the front page of the newspaper. Why is it always a drag queen? No, no, no. And it's like, dude, if it wasn't for drag queens, transsexuals, and, and street hustlers, because they're the ones that went to riot at the Stonewall riots at first, you wouldn't have any other rights that you have today. So, like, stop whining, stop complaining, and let them have their moment. Let me ask you this. Seriously. Is, are, we, are we talking about semantics in a lot of ways because when i hear the word pride obviously mm-hmm. it's someone who's proud of who they are and 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 when i hear gay pride it's hey i'm proud to be gay i almost feel like that's and it goes for straight as well you are just maybe proud to be who you are yeah you are you are you are accepting of the fact that in a world in a straight world that has not traditionally been accepting of your culture and views, you are comfortable accepting yourself. Mm-hmm. And you are co- accept- uh, comfortable accepting the fact that you live in this society and you have your say in your voice. It's not necessarily that you're like, hey, I'm super happy that I turned out gay. You're just like, I accept the fact that I'm a human being and this is the way I am. Yeah, it's right. Pride depends on why it is you are proud if you come from something that where you're told where you're exposed to a message every day of your life that you're abnormal wrong defective a pedophile um right and you survive all of that and you come out of that reasonably well adjusted not wanting to get stabby with every person that you meet and a productive member of society against all those odds, then yeah, I'd be freaking proud too. 
Okay. Yeah. Now, w- w- when history changes, like this, and heterosexuals have about two thousand years of oppression at the hands of the the homosexual minority, then yeah, go ahead and have your straight pride. But until then, I mean, it's like, I mean, you're proud of having overcome something. You're proud of having, like I said maintain your identity and be true to yourself despite all the negative messages bombarding you're proud to have been able to fight for that breath you got even though there's so many people that are trying to pull your head underwater you're proud right i'm not it's like ooh, i won the genetic lottery i get to be fabulous yay and now i'm proud it, it's not my that. <laughs> what can you see my screen? Because the next yeah. word on my word association was fabulous. <laughs> ah, not ahead. <laughs> I did not see it ahead of time. <laughs> That's amazing. Fabulous. I mean, it's just, it, fabulous is a state of being, and it doesn't just belong to us. I wish everyone could have a little dose, like a couple of cc's of gay fabulous, just like put right in there like this. And listen, a little bit of the gay fabulous won't turn you gay. Okay, just just so you know, but just a little bit of that gay fabulousness, so that you can. Like, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> come on, honey, you're fabulous, and you know it. <laughs> but I mean, it's right. It's fabulous. It's just you know, we all have some sparkle, right? We, we all have a little sparkle inside. I don't think green shirt guy has any sparkle. He probably keeps it like. St- keeps it quiet with cans of corned beef and stuff but i mean he's not he's, proudful prideful proudful go on dude are you frozen yeah you're gone the eager beaver has frozen the next word for you douglas after our mm-hmm. little hiccup there is nope we already did fabulous next yep. one is flamboyant flamboyant uh, okay one of my favorites because i think it only describes one genre of people yes yes um it's like there are there are those of us that are fabulous and then there are those of us who are fabulous and gifted at it <laughs> fabulous so, with a little flamboyant is like is, is like fabulous plus 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 <laughs> because let's be honest i saw a stand-up comedian make these jokes once he said he was he said that everybody once should like spend a day just being as flamboyant as possible because it is so much fun <laughs> I'll, I'll it's freeing i'll bet it's freeing it really is like we have to someone thing. dancing in public regardless of their sexual orientation i'm yep. like that person is free Especially if they're dancing like nobody's watching. That's it. They're they're free because I I don't even dance at weddings because I'm like, Mm-mm. <laughs> but when I see someone dancing like Young and Dundas Square because there's a jazz band playing or something, I'm like that person is living their life and that's awesome. Right, and no one is never more attractive than when they're doing something they either really enjoy or doing something that they're very good at. Why I do this in a magnetic makes sense? Me more so attractive. Yeah, in a magnetic sense. So, flab- yeah, flamboyant is is like it's often used pejoratively, um, but it, it it's just so much fun. It's like, and and we we all often a lot of us engage in it through camp. It's called camp, 
culture where you like, you know, for example, we could talk and you said, what about that, that straight pride guy? And we had a normal conversation, but like, Oh honey, let me talk to you about her. Okay. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Because you camp it up a little bit. Right. So it's, uh, it's just fun. It's harmless fun. And some people naturally are just flamboyant and that's just their personality. Again, all the colors of the rainbow. All it. the colors of the rainbow. There's room for everyone. The other F word that I won't say. Oh, but that a neighbor said to us a few days ago. No. Yeah. People still use that in public? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. A couple of days ago, uh, about a week ago or something like that, we were walking back home and a neighbor with whom we had wonderful relationships up until the fact that they came to bid on a renovation contract and um, kept on saying that they were going to bring us a bill for work we had not yet ordered because we were still at the stage of estimates. And though we kept on saying estimate, they kept on saying bill. So when we said we did not do business that way, they hung up the phone on us. And then about a week and a half later, walking down the street and uh, the guy comes out of his house yelling at us. And somewhere along the way, the word comes out of his mouth. Okay. Total I, turn on I, us. I, Two years in this neighborhood. Always friendly, cordial relationships. Out of the blue, boom. So, when I when I when we when we started talking on this episode, we said uh, it's stemming from a conversation we had off air last time, right. and it stemmed from the conversation regarding Eminem and how I have found listening right. to old Eminem kind of cringy, hasn't yeah. aged that well mm -hmm. because of not only his use of that language, mm -hmm. but just what now sounds like blatant homophobia mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, 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 and stereotypes and things of that nature. Um, so that word mm -hmm. was in my lexicon. Mm -hmm. It's not now. Mm -hmm. um, there's a growth to that. Right. Absolutely. Right. You know, we learn now that I have additional information. I feel like I've learned something. Okay. I've learned something that changes the course of my future. Cause I've right. learned some information you're saying it's still getting used as a derogatory slur to your face. Like I wouldn't drop an N bomb around someone, but the yep. same person who drops the F bomb probably would drop the N bomb. I would suggest so. And given I have a foot in that camp too, I was half expecting it after he said the first one. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, he found out real quick that, um, as I mentioned on a previous show, if you come for the queen, you better not miss. He's going to be getting a visit from the cops either today or tomorrow. That a boy. Hell yeah, he is. You report every time. You report every time. Even if you don't want the cops to go pay a visit and you just want it on file, you report, if not for you, for the next person they go after because them too usually don't stop at just one. So uh, I'm the F word that's going to fuck them up a little. Again, pardon my language. No, I don't but, mind the language. I'm, but you you, you don't do that. Like that there's some, some sort of a joke there that I'm just missing. Yes, <laughs> but no, there the, 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 there is language that is unacceptable, right? And you know, when that situation happens, there are usually three types of response: either you turn back and you let them have it, you freeze on the spot because you just can't believe that that just happened, and you're like a deer in the headlights. 
or you put your head down and you don't say anything. No, 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 don't say anything. Just, just go home and be quiet. Right? That's usually the three things that happen. And you don't know what type of person you are until that thing happens. And to be totally honest, thank you, Canada, but that's the first time that ever happened to me. Seriously. There have been like stupid things, like you walk down the street in the, in the village in Toronto or something like that, and somebody passing through a car, by a car yells out the window as they're going by. They go, but, you know, and you just say idiot or loser, and you keep walking. That doesn't bother me. But this is a person with whom we had two, three interactions a week, if not, if only just like saying, hey, Doug, hey, whatever, as you know as we're driving down the street or walking down the street, who knows where we live? Who knows where we live? Yeah. Throwing that word with this, spitting that word at us with the venom that comes with it. And it was the first time I experienced that in my life in that way. So, you know, one, thank you Canada for giving me a life where I had to wait till I was 50 years old before that experience, because it's not a matter of if it happens, it's a matter of when. Um, but, um, Yeah. Uh, as soon as he said it, it was like a record, a needle on a record, just going, and I was like, what did you just say? Would you like to come here and say that again? And I was like, I'm five, six, one I'm not a big guy at all. I yeah. just, but it's like, this guy was still on his property and took like two, three steps back closer to say, his Did door. that person realize they'd crossed the line? No, because after that, he called us crackheads oh. as well. So probably not, or maybe he did. I don't know. I think like part of crack me says was in backpedaling. <laughs> well, no, it's because he had come down his steps. Yeah. Right. And after he said it, when I like took five steps towards his direction and like, what? Uh, he took about two, three steps back up close towards his door. He kept running his mouth, but I moved forward and he backed up. So I think he knows. I think deep down he knows. And ever since the incident, um, he is, you know, basically we come out on the street and he goes away. Well, I so, think if someone says that word, they're looking to inflict as much damage as possible verbally. Yes. And also to elevate themselves. Right? He he thinks he's pride. <laughs> he thinks he's better people than we are. He and there's no other people. word you can fire back at him as a straight person. What was the word you said to me? I think it was off air before, and breeder. I apologize. I'm going to make you breeder say Breeder is about the worst one that you could come up with. Breeder? Breeder. Okay. But, I mean, there's there's, there's no 2,000 years of history right behind it. Breeder is about as offensive as, like, we could have said boomer. That would have been. Yeah, okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. Okay, breeder. Uh, yeah. like, I mean. Yes, it's used. It's used in the same sense. It's used it for also for, doesn't for have the same, but, I mean, but it doesn't like have the G, the G, G. Like it's got a, an aggressive. All those hard letters, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's even if you said it, would it would it would it connect? No, would it connect? Because you know, there's not there's not like there hasn't been like thousands of movies and radio shows and rap songs whatnot with that word injected with venom whatnot to make it a cultural thing that people would recognize it right if i said that word to you and you said hey fuck you breeder i'd be like that's it that's the best you got you know what i mean like it, it, you're right it just wouldn't land wouldn't land it wouldn't land the same so uh yeah, it hits different so yeah but it's yeah that word um the that word's like one of them one, one about the one of the one about the worst things that you could say 
I want to end on a happier note. Okay. So let's end on this word. Talk to me about what an ally is. Ah, okay. Because it's it, it's no. a thrown around word. It's a thrown yeah. around word. Okay. Rule number one. Go you don't get to choose or define yourself as an ally. Ooh. Okay. Ally is status. Yes. Ally is a st- status level that is assigned or attributed to you after you've put in some work. Okay. There's being, you know, it's that, that whole discussion. You know, there's, there's not being racist and then there's being anti-racist. Okay. Not yep. being racist is passive. Being anti-racist, you see somebody do something, you step in. You go, whoa, that's not okay. Not on my watch. Right? So it's similar here. Allyship means you've got to do something. It means it may come at a cost. It means it might hurt. It means it might, you might have the same people who turn against us, turn against you and say terrible things about you. Well, you support us, so therefore you are a groomer too. Right? Groom a lover. Right? All, all these tropes that we hear, right? From the mm-hmm. past, N lover, N word lover, groomer lover. It all comes, right? There, again, none of this is new. It gets culturally adapted for new decades, new generations, new what? Like this, new technology, new slang, new. But none of it is new. None of it is new. It's, so, you know, for those, for people who are in the majority and don't understand what a lifetime in the minority is like, particularly when you're multiple minorities, you know, such as me, um, there's a lot of things that get said. And most of the time, most of the time, they are casually said and often even with no ill intent, but they just come out like all the people that use all those words that end in tarred. Some of them mean it terribly. And then some of them just come from a generation where those words weren't, and they're trying to learn not to, but sometimes they still slip out. Mm-hmm. What's behind them? We should all try not to use those words, but sometimes it's going to happen. And then you've got to be able to detect the intent, right? Was it just something that slipped out? Was something mean? You can't react to everyone off the cuff and you can't fly off the handle for everyone. But the ones that are said with venom, you know it, you know it because the face contorts, the body changes. There's something in the voice that changes. The eyes narrow. You can tell. You can tell. And by jumping on all the ones that, yes, we probably shouldn't say, but it was just an oopsie or it was just someone just being ignorant because they don't know better. Like, you do the education piece gently. That's so much onus. It doesn't on mean you. that you're a bad person because you slipped. But once you know better, you do better. And you're not going to get it right from the get go. You might slip a couple other times too. But you got to make the effort. And over time, you'll get there. But on the other hand, you know, we have to be patient too. 
We can't expect 100% perfect total compliance right off the bat all the time. It's going to take some time. But the worst cases, the ones who say it and they mean it and they want to hurt you, you know. You know which, you don't have to swing at every pitch, but you know for sure the ones that what you do. Let's put it that way. Douglas, I love you, buddy. I love you too. Uh, Thanks for doing this. Um, We'll do it again, I hope, soon. Anytime you call, I'm there. Trust me. I am. This is this for me. This is an honor and a privilege and sharing time and space with you is as well. So, um, yeah, you call. I'm there. That's kinder than I deserve, but I appreciate it. Oh, nonetheless, my friend, my friend, my friend, eager beaver at true. You deserve, eager beaver. you deserve a lot. You're doing good work here. This is allyship. This is allyship. This is allyship. This is allyship. You All have right. a platform. You are making space on your platform for someone like me to come on and we're having a conversation where you're not afraid to admit what you don't know. Yes. And you're asking questions and clearly the questions are coming from a good place. It'd be horrible. if I, I can wasn't. choose, but that's but I can choose to focus on some stuff or I can choose to focus on the main thing. This is allyship. So when I say allyship, it's something like you, you got to do some, right? If you see someone I guess who is rainbow and they're being abused somewhere, some way public. And you just say, Oh, well, you know, it's best not to get involved and you mind your own business, but Oh my God, it's terrible that that's happening. That's not allyship. That's enabling because you were one of those good people who chose to do nothing in the moment when it counted. So allyship comes with a cost. It means taking a stand and it means you might get blowback. And if you do it enough, people in the community will see you and recognize you as an ally. But you can't just walk in and say, well, I support gay people, so I'm an ally. I read no, a you book have to once. I read a book once. <laughs> I read White Privilege or whatever the hell that book was that everyone read. Um, yes. So, you're awesome. No, you're Thank you so ally. much for doing this, my friend. All right. My pleasure. And Hi, everyone. Okay. It's, uh, first off, thank you, Doug. Doug? Douglas? Dougie? Whatever. Thank you, Douglas. Um, I appreciate your time. I appreciate the honest and heartfelt conversations that we always have regarding topics that need to be had. And I think the more we talk about it, the more we normalize it, the more we have the conversations about it, um, the better off we all are. So thank you for allowing me to have those conversations with you. Story time. It's story time. Uh, this is the part of the show where I tend to ramble a little bit, but before I do that, I wanted to tell you a little story. So yesterday, um, here at Cryer Media, we all share, uh, well, not we all share, a lot of us share the same studio. We call this a studio. So we reserve time on a sheet. Hey, I'm going to be in on this time. Hey, I'm going to be on that time. Hey, I got a guest here. Not everyone checks the schedule. So yesterday when I logged in to record with, uh, with Douglas, who do I see, but Polly from the true North eager beaver podcast and Spenny <laughs> from candy versus Spenny. Spenny's got his hat on. It's got the harmonica around his neck. He's got his guitar and he's going, are we recording? And Polly goes, Oh, are you coming in? I said, yeah. Goes, okay. I'm going to leave. So he drops out. 
Spenny doesn't realize Polly has dropped out. Spenny, I think, thinks I'm Polly. And he goes, can you hear me? And I said, yeah, can you hear me? He goes, I can't hear you. And I'm like, Spenny, I'm not Polly. So Spenny drops off because he goes, all right, I'm going to log out and come back in see if that works. So he leaves. <laughs> comes right back. Spenny comes back. Are we recording? No, we're not, Spenny. I can't hear you. Okay, Spenny. We're not recording. I'm not recording this. Spenny starts to play his guitar. Sounds awesome. <laughs> Such a cool little moment. So then I uh, I, I type in the internal chat system here. I go, I'm not Polly. He's sending you another link. You'll record somewhere else. Spenny reads it and goes, oh, okay. And then gone. He's out of there. I proceed to do the interview with Douglas, whose computer resets during the middle. I have to tap dance for a few minutes because I'm not sure if he's going to be gone for 30 seconds or 10 minutes <laughs> or if he's coming back at all. Uh, that ends. Then <laughs> there's more. Then I'm trying to record my intro outro that I do here. Right. Thank you for turning in. This is that nerd dad podcast, that kind of thing. Um, and as I'm recording, Dean Blundell jumps into the studio. He also didn't check the schedule. <laughs> so I'm trying to tell him it's fine. I'll record this later. I'll record this section later, but he doesn't have his headphones in. He can't hear me either. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm yelling at Dean Blundell. I'm leaving. I'm trying to make my mouth move so he can see that I'm leaving. I eventually also put it in the chat. It's cool. I'll leave. So if you've noticed, I'm wearing a different shirt than the one I was when I recorded yesterday. It's because it's a different day. <laughs> uh, sometimes podcasting is weird. All right. That's the show. That's my story. Uh, I want to do two things here at the end. I want to thank you. You're awesome. You're terrific for putting up with this stuff um, and tuning in. And two, I uh, I started a sub stack. Joe, why the hell did you start a sub stack? Well, why not? Uh, no, the real reason is it's hard for me to constantly be like, Hey, don't forget to follow me on Facebook. Hey, follow me on Instagram. Hey, follow me on Twitter. Hey, follow me on threads. Hey, follow me on uh, uh, TikTok. Follow me on, follow my writing on Cryer Media. It's a lot of places for you to want to follow me um, to get basically similar content across the board. The only place that has really genuinely different content is YouTube. Everything else is kind of the same. It's all links to other things. Um, so with Substack, once a week, I will email you essentially an in case you missed it. Anything that I've done that week will be in that email, will be in that Substack. It's all in one place for you. If you are so inclined, I would greatly appreciate it. 
I think it'll make all of our lives a lot easier. Thanks to you. Thanks to Cryer Media. Thanks to Dean Blundell. Be well. Be safe. And... What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.